Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And we have plenty to talk yeah. about now, as we have recently. This is this time of year, it's man. Busy. It's a busy time of year that, first of all, there's some free agency stuff still going on. The owners' meetings right. where Coach Bowles spoke and uh, voted on some different rules. So a lot of different things. Um, first, I guess, since our last show, we had the official Levante David yes. news. That Which it all, is great. We've got to talk to them about their timing. It feels like they wait until right after our show. Yeah. To do these things, exactly. so we we weren't. Well, able we moved to talk up to Wednesday it. this week. Tried yes, to throw them off a we did. Bit. We tried to throw them off a little bit. So let's get into this Levante David one. Other than just the fact that I'm sure everyone out there is thrilled, every Bucks fan, anyone who knows anything yeah. about Ron Levante is just thrilled. So tell me I, your I, thoughts. I think it's pretty clear now in the aftermath that he could have probably gotten a little bit more somewhere else, but it was very important to Levante if the deal could work out right for him to remain a Buccaneer. He said on multiple occasions he wants to be a Buccaneer for his entire career. You know, he's been a captain for the last nine years he's beloved here and he even knew I mean he, legacy is important to him and he even knew he, he threw this out on his own I don't know if somebody told him before but only three other players this will be his 12th season only three other players in franchise history have played at least 12 seasons and played their whole career for the Buccaneers and they're icons yeah I mean Levante David is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer icon, of right? Course. But he's still playing very well also. And Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, Paul Gruber, the only other guys, and you see these are the ranks, the top four in games played and games started in team history. Um, tackles, obviously it doesn't count for Paul Gruber, but Rondé, Derek, and Levante are one, two, and three, and looks like Levante is pretty close to being two. If anybody out there is screaming a couple names at their screen right now, <laughs> yes, Mike Allstadt was on the roster for 12 years, but he didn't play the 12th season. And the idea here is seasons played right but obviously he's an icon too yes and then Dave Moore played 13 seasons as a Buccaneer but also had a bit with the Bills non-consecutively right. right and if you know I'm not great at math but <laughs> it looks like Levante has the chance to move up and that game's played all game of it. started all of it, yeah. this year that it looks like he was I think I was looking at maybe 17 games back yeah he could if he plays so every game if he, he plays catch every Paul. game this year he would catch he would catch Paul Gruber that's so correct. that's pretty exciting as well and we hope um, he does that yes so uh, another um, signing that happened since our last show uh, Greg Gaines mm -hmm. um, tell us about your thoughts on what he could bring to this defense and some yeah. of the just overall where that leaves especially I feel like the, the defensive line is an area we haven't talked about as much as maybe some of the other mm -hmm. positions so what could that look like well we hadn't talked about it much because a lot of the guys weren't there there. They right. were free agents. Some still are, but Greg Gaines. It's funny because he played at Washington as teammates with Vita for three years, and they had almost identical stats when they were done. And then Vita left a year earlier um, and went to the Bucks in the first round. He was drafted by the Rams in the fourth round. Greg Gaines was, and he um, he didn't play a ton, about 20 to 25% of the snaps his first two years. And then he got an opportunity over the next two years, the last two years to start, and just raising his stats, his his place, his snap counts up to about 70%, then you start to get the production. Four and a half, four sacks in those two, so eight and a half sacks in those two years, um, which is good out of a guy that is already a good run plugger in the middle. And it's the kind of free agent you like to get. He's still in his prime. He's only played in the season four years, and when he's had a chance to play more, he's produced. He started in the Super Bowl for the Rams, you know, had three tackles. So it's a great addition for the Buccaneers, especially because they had so many defensive linemen hit free agency. Uh, now, some of it, they're coming back. And I'm, I actually, this graphic had to be changed at the last minute because <laughs> Deidre Sanat was re-signed yesterday. So we are getting some of them back. And uh, you can see how it might work out. You had Greg Gaines in there, and he probably soaks up 500-something uh, snaps. Right now, you don't have Will Golston or Akeem Hicks back, and you've lost Nacho. So at the least... Greg Gaines is a one-for-one -one replacement for Nacho. But at the uh, owners' meetings yesterday, um, 
uh, Coach Bowles made it, it did say that Hicks and Golston were still possibilities to resign with the Buccaneers. So you could end up with all those guys, almost all those guys back. Which is so interesting. Um, do you feel like that is a likely thing with this, the way the salary cap is sitting? Is it maybe? going to be a little tough to yeah. get those guys back just kind of where are we at this point with what's gonna gone on I guess what I'd say is I didn't think it was very likely that those guys <laughs> were coming back prior to yesterday right but, but then with now. coach saying yeah we are still that is still an option for us and they haven't signed anywhere else yet so mm -hmm. it may be that the Buccaneers and you see these moves kind of happening one this week one next week it, it may be that they're just they have to do it kind of slow and methodically because of the tight cap restrictions. I mean, the Ryan Suckup release, we released kicker Ryan Suckup, which we'll talk about in a second, saved about close to $4 million under cap space, and then you start using that cap space mm -hmm. again. So it's a bit of a give and take. He was also asked about Logan Ryan, and I thought that was an interesting one as well, who hasn't been brought back yet, but um, knowing now that you've lost Sean Murphy Bunting, you've lost Mike Edwards, you know, is that a guy that maybe you're hoping veteran could you know, at least fulfill some of that, yeah. a guy that's been here for a little while. And a versatile guy. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't, I think that was the one question I couldn't make out because I had to watch it on video. Right. I was, I'm not in Arizona, obviously. And that may be the one I couldn't make out, so that's news to me. Mm -hmm. I, and uh, But I could see why they want him back because he's a versatile guy. He might even be able to play in the slot, and I had had, had somebody that was there ask for me, do you guys have an option on the roster to play the slot? Because obviously with re-signing Jamel, you've got Carlton and Jamel as your right. outside corners, but who's playing in the slot? Because another thing he made clear, and we've talked about it here, is that, is that he said earlier in this offseason that he wants Antoine Winfield to focus on one role mm -hmm. rather than the hybrid thing he was doing last year. And yesterday he clarified that that role would be free safety. Right. So he's not your slot corner anymore. So that's an open job, and Sean Murphy Bunting probably would have been a candidate if he were still here, but he signed with the Titans. So he said there are players on the roster that can do it, but they might add somebody specifically for that job, which is something we've talked about in our road to the draft thing that could happen in the draft. Right, and one of your favorite things on any of the road to the drafts is that you can never have enough never corners. Never have enough good corners. And I feel like this year is really making your case <laughs> for that you, you one. You could draft a corner in the first round every other year, and I wouldn't You'd be thrilled. Eye. You'd be so happy. Um, all right, you, you did mention that uh, the Bucks released kicker Ryan Suckup. Um, was this a surprise to you, no. not a surprise, and then the idea of now what? Because you know yeah. you, you kind of only tend to have one, and then you <laughs> released him, and yeah. so uh, what's what's well, the plan? Well, I mean, and as we've said, when guys like Donovan Smith and others were released. Let's take a moment to acknowledge that Ryan Suckup did a great job for the Buccaneers mm -hmm. for three seasons. He, he leaves as our all-time leader in field goal percentage, and he was perfect in the 2020 playoffs, nine for nine. So great yeah, job. Don't, Ryan I don't Suckup. think you win that Super Bowl without him. Yeah, and he was signed right before the season, mm -hmm. like five days before the first game. So it was a last-minute change that worked out fantastically. Mm -hmm. And a great he, guy. He's had a great career. Yeah, great guy. We will very much miss him around But here. now the Buccaneers have, and I talked over that whole graphic, but now the Buccaneers have one kicker on the roster. His name is Jake Verity. He has not kicked in a regular season game yet. He was an undrafted free agent with Baltimore a couple years ago, has bounced around to a couple teams. Detroit kicked in the preseason, but obviously unproven. But he's the only guy on the roster. Now, there are some guys in the draft. These are probably three of the top four or five that are available. Um, you can't discount this. Uh, almost every year, a couple kickers get drafted. And there's been something like 23 kickers in the last 10 years of drafts wow. have been taken. So draft, kickers do get drafted. And then you look at the free agents that are out there. Now, the first name on the list there, I swear that this graphic was made before rumors were, um, reports, I should say, came out last night that the Buccaneers could be signing, had maybe uh, reached agreement with Chase McLaughlin. So um, 
if that proves to be true, then okay, hey, great graphic, we're already ready for it. Um, but that's not something the Buccaneers have announced yet. Yep, our favorite asterisk to yeah. put under our show at all times <laughs> is we cannot say things unless they are officially Buccaneers right. reported, so we've heard but those. But I can talk about him, though. But yeah, but you, you, he was already on your graphic. The guy, well, he's 26 years old, which is a lot younger than most of the free agent kickers. Like you saw um, Robbie Gould on there, he's 40. I think Brett Maher is like 34 or 36. So 26 years old, young kicker, bounced around a lot. I mean, played for six teams over the course of three seasons. Wow. But, but last year, he went back to Indianapolis where he briefly been before and stayed there the whole season. And he made nine of 12 field goals from beyond 50 yards. In fact, in his career, he's 17 of 21 from beyond 50. That's a big deal. So Because that's that, what Bowles has said. That's what said he said yesterday. Yep, he just keeps talking about the fact that you got to know you can hit those longer ones. and. It just, that's a tough thing because I know that was something that Suck Up had really, you know, he, he did well in some ways earlier in the season and it just felt like yeah. that was. Well, the... over three seasons, he only tried 10. They mm -hmm. only put him out there for 10 of those and he made four of them. So, mm -hmm. he, again, we said, and it's been said by many people, Ryan Sucker is exactly what the Bucks needed, yep. especially that first season. But at this point, and especially in today's NFL, Every team seems like has a kicker that can make a 55-yarder, so mm -hmm. you're kind of at a disadvantage if you don't have one of those. And then uh, we we mentioned the idea of those owners' meetings and that Coach Bowles spoke. That's also where typically any new rule changes mm -hmm. get voted on and implemented. So were there any that were notable that came out of that in your mind? There were, I think, maybe a total of 17 changes to rules and bylaws, um, resolutions. Most of them were kind of boring, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, when you use the word resolution, you yeah. know, it's never really yeah, that exciting. Yeah, those were the words, whereas, whereas. Yeah. Did you ever do that in, in high school? I think it was yeah. student government or something. Right. right, and you just want to make it sound real fancy. Yes, so they all say whereas, and then the, the bottom says resolved, and then it states what it's there for. A lot of them are boring. Like, one of them is move the waiver period. If a guy's cut or waived on Friday or Saturday of the last week of the regular season, then the waiver period lasts till the following Monday. Did you know that it didn't, first thrilling. of all? Yeah, <laughs> yes. thrilling. So, a couple of them, though, were interesting. Um, one of them, I think, it's funny because we've been shaking our head at this for years. There's a weird loophole in the injury report every week in which, you know how a guy like Ryan Jensen goes on IR, mm -hmm. and then when he's going to come back, he's designated for return, right. and then he's he can practice with the team for three weeks, and he can be activated to the active roster the day before the game and then play. Yeah. But if you're on that designated for return, you're not on the active roster. And if you're not on the active roster, you don't have to be reported on the injury report. So probably <laughs> the most injured guy that should be reported about, it's you don't not. put on your injury report. Yeah. And la last year when that would happen, we'd be like, this is so silly. Yeah. But that's what it was. They changed that rule. Mm. Took that loophole out. Um, fourth down, failed fourth down attempts can now be reviewed by the replay official. That one's kind of big. Uh, there's only going to be one cut down date next preseason. That one to me is really interesting, yeah. especially when, you know, we talk talked about the idea of last year in particular it felt like we were all really enjoying the stories of guys like Devin Tompkins that have these big camps and and you want to yeah. know if they're going to get enough time you want to mm -hmm. see more of them to know was this just a yeah. was this a fluke was this a thing you know and I think about even guys like I mean the ultimate example is Cam Gill who didn't get basically any yeah. no preseason no preseason he still was able to prove his way yeah. on but how hard that is and there are some of these guys that I mean every day longer mm -hmm. they can try to prove themselves is important so and I think I'll, that's great I'll tell you another reason why I think it's important you know, it wasn't that long ago that practice squads were like eight players, mm -hmm. and they just kind of cycle through guys, and they every now and then they got promoted to the active roster, but not a lot. Now you have 16-man practice squads for the entire season, and you can elevate any of them during the season. So it's like an extension of your roster. So having those guys, not having to cut those guys and then bring it back two weeks later makes a lot more sense. Right. Right. So, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and of course, guys more. can wear zero. Yep. Right. I love that. I'm going to have to get me like <laughs> Who's going to be first? I don't know. So right now, uh, can you guess there's one number that has been worn by the fewest number of players in team history? 
Would it be zero? No. Well, yeah. Now <laughs> like, that before that. Right. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, maybe 99? No, that's been like three or four. The number one, and you'll see why when I tell you, is 63, which was Leroy. Ah. Leroy Selman drafted in our inaugural year, got 63, wore it for eight years, and then or nine, and then one of those was on IR. And then after he retired, they retired his number. Right. So he wore it first, and nobody was allowed and to wear it, it after. Yeah. So he, the one, 63 mm. was it. Somebody at some point is going to wear zero for the Buccaneers, and they will be as unique and one of a kind as Leroy Salmon, at least wow. for a while. That's pretty cool. I just feel like it's it's just so interesting. And then same, the 99, that's the rule now that kickers can wear it, right? I think they can wear anywhere from, yeah, they did expand the kickers. Yeah, the they kicker can, one as well. They can wear most numbers now. Which it's going to be weird. Yeah. It's, it's like college. Yeah. I just feel like uh, it makes me think of the Agent Zero um, <laughs> nickname for somebody, which is going to be very fun. All right. Well, we are after this going to shoot our road to the draft. So that is where you'll need to come back to check out any of these things that we talked about, how they could impact what the Buccaneers might do in the draft. We'll be back here next time on another Bucks Insider Live. Thank <laughs> you.